0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: Solomon writes that during the times of prosperity and joy, praise the Lord, but when, not if, I wish it said if, it doesn't say if, it says when, when adversity strikes, stop and consider and realize that God allows one as well as the other, brings them side by side alongside each other. Why? So that we will always be completely reliant upon Him for our future.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Sometimes we take the good and leave the bad behind, but how good is the good when the bad is gone? Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us why it's important that God allows us to go through trials and tribulations. He needs to break us so that he can bless us, but above all, he needs us to learn to rely on him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, with today's edition of In
1: Spirit and Truth. Enoch knew that the judgment of God was coming, and I think that's the takeaway, isn't it? This um, crisis, if I can call it that, for lack of a better word, it has had the much-needed effect of bringing people closer to Jesus and some people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus, and some Christians who have strayed away coming back to Jesus. I was singing about, we talked about this on Thursday night as well, but uh, in the Psalms, David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, he's very open about it. He says, you know, have the Lord not afflicted me, I would have gone astray. In other words, I needed a crisis, I needed a trial, I needed a difficulty, I needed affliction. Because that's what brought me back to you. That's what brought me back to you, close to you. See when things are going good, we're just kind of, hey, praise the Lord. But boy, then let adversity strike. It's like, oh God, have you ever connected those dots by the way? You don't think the Lord knows that? The only time he's got your undivided attention is when you're in a crisis. Oh, I haven't heard from JD in a while. I know. We'll have adversity strike. We'll hear from him immediately. (laughs) Oh Lord. Hey, I missed you. I had to afflict you in order to hear from you. It's good to hear from you. Oh Lord. It's Ecclesiastes 7.14. Solomon writes that during the times of prosperity and joy, praise the Lord, but when, not if, I wish it said if, it doesn't say if, it says when, when adversity strikes, stop and consider and realize that God allows one as well as the other, brings them side by side alongside each other. Why? So that we will always be completely reliant upon Him for our future. See, when things are always going good, we just kind of take it for granted. Oh, it's always going to be good. But then adversity strikes. Is that not when we stop and consider? Is that not then that God has our attention? Oh, now that i got your attention, there's some things I want to say to you. There's some things that I want to show to you. But see, before the affliction, before the trial, I didn't have your attention. I've been wanting to tell you this and show you this. Here's where I'm going with this. I truly believe that Enoch walked so close to God that he knew and God showed him what was coming. And he was so close to God and he knew what was coming, and that drew him even closer to the Lord because of what was coming. One last thing on this, and then we'll move on to verse 6. I truly believe that this crisis is the last call for people to come to the Lord, or back to the Lord, because the judgment of God is coming, and He will pour out His wrath on a Christ-rejecting world for the last seven years of human history as we know it and if anything like Enoch that should have the effect of bringing us to the Lord and we are close to the Lord knowing what's coming, because like Enoch we know what's coming. All right, verse 6. We'll spend the remainder of our time on this because this is what pleases God. It's earnestly, can I say tenaciously seeking him. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of just this one verse tucked into this chapter in the context of Enoch, because he pleased God, and and then the writer inspired by the Holy Spirit says, uh, Enoch pleased God, and without faith it's impossible to please God. Wait, can we take this slow That's fine. So it's impossible to please God without faith. Yes. Okay then, does that mean that it's possible to please God with faith? Absolutely. Absolutely. One need look no further than to the Gospels to see how Jesus would stop everything and take note. someone's faith. I have not seen faith like this anywhere in Israel, or sadly the lack thereof, particularly on the part of the disciples. I know we talk about this often, but how many times did Jesus say to the disciples, oh you have little faith. (laughs) Why did you doubt? Why is your faith so little when your God is so big? If, if it's impossible to please God without faith, could it be that Jesus was not disgusted, but it's very possible that he was displeased, not disappointed, not surprised, kind of like, come on, what what's up with you guys? Think about Peter when, <laughs> I mean, talk about faith. When they're in that storm, keep in mind, when they saw Jesus, they were terrified. And then Jesus identifies himself, and then leave it to Peter. Lord, bid me come. Keep in mind, the storm had not yet been calmed. And Peter, by faith, gets out of that boat, and by faith walks on water, by faith in the midst of the storm. And then he takes his eyes off the Lord. And I'll add and argue, when he took his eyes off the Lord, he also took his faith out from the Lord. And that's why he began to sink. Now, was Jesus upset with them? Come on, Peter, what's the matter with you? No. I mean, I'm thinking about the other disciples. Those guys wouldn't even get out of the boat. In fact, one has humorously suggested. and I, Again, I know they have clinical terms for seeing humor in, in things like this, but the suggestion is that you know when he took his eyes off the Lord, he turned back to the disciples in the boat and goes,
0: <laughs> "Look
1: at me!" Boom, down he went because pride comes before the sinking in this case. <laughs> okay, that's that's not what happened, but anyway. But he took his eyes off the Lord, and then he prays a three-word prayer. Lord, save me. I mean, if you think about it, that's all he had time for. If he would have, you know, because when the disciples asked Jesus to teach him how to pray, he said, you know, our Father which art in heaven, he wouldn't have been able to get that far. It would have been, our Father, uh, he's done. So it's a really, here's my point, and believe it or not, I actually do have one. God answers three word prayers. Yeah, but where's his faith? Come on, Peter, Lord save me. You started the doubt. You took your eyes off me. No more faith in me, and down you go. And if I'm the Lord, I would have let him, which is why (laughs) <laughs> I want to be Christ-like. I really do. But I want to let him, just, you know, for a little bit, just to, just to really reinforce the lesson, you know? He doesn't do that. He reaches down and saves him. Yeah, but without faith it's impossible to please him. So if Jesus was displeased, why would he respond like that? Oh, that's the next part of the verse. Verse because he doesn't just stop at it's impossible to please God without faith, but he goes on to say this, that first we must come to Him, believe in Him that He exists, and diligently tenaciously seek Him. Okay, wait a minute now. Uh, you're, you're on a whole new level here. I know but it's pleasing to God. What's pleasing to God? I mean, you got me at faith is pleasing to God, walking close is pleasing to God, but are you now saying that diligently, earnestly, tenaciously, seeking Him is pleasing to God? No. God's Word is telling you that. (laughs) I don't mean to be cute, but that's the truth. When we, by faith, tenaciously, and when I say tenaciously, let me qualify that. I mean, we don't let go. We don't stop praying. We just keep praying and keep the faith. And I mean, we're tenacious about it. We're bulldogs about it. We ain't letting go. That's diligently seeking Him, tenaciously seeking Him. And then, ha ha, the best for last. God is so pleased by it, He rewards it. Oh, wait, that's, yeah, read the whole verse. He's a rewarder of those who tenaciously, diligently, earnestly seek Him. What, He's going to blow you off? I think about the parable of the persistent widow. And please, when it comes to the parables, don't get sideways on these things. I mean, God's not like this reluctant judge, you know. This persistent widow is pleading and just won't. She's calling him, posting on his social media pages. He's, you know, she's texting him. She's knocking on his door at two o'clock in the morning. I mean, he just, she will not leave him alone. and He's like, go away. No, no. And she's like, I need justice. This is a very loose paraphrase of the parable, but Jesus is saying of this unjust judge, who finally says, ah, okay already. And he gives her what she asked for. Why? Because of her tenacity. And I, depending again on the translation you have, is like one of these man, she's never going to give up. I mean, she is driving me crazy. The only way to get her to stop is just give her what she's asking. Now again, that's not the way the Lord is. It's not like the Lord's going, ah, fine, get JD off my back, just give it to him already. It's not like that. The parable, the point of the parable is, if an unjust judge is going to do that, how much more your Heavenly Father You know, when I was a young believer, I uh, remember talking to another Christian, older in the faith, not necessarily wiser, by the way, (laughs) kind of messed me up actually, because their belief was that if you kept asking the Lord for something more than once, that was a lack of faith. And I thought, man, that really messed me up. I was just such a new believer on fire for the Lord, and I was still learning how to pray. My prayers were three-word prayers, basically like Peter. I mean, and God answered them. Just the childlikeness and the innocence of them, you know, the simplicity of them. And then when she said that to me, I'm like, whoa. I've been asking the Lord for this for like, you know, two months now, and it means I don't have faith. Yeah, I just ask Him one time, and believe by faith. So I stopped asking. Because I mean, after all, I mean, I want to, I asked Him once, that's it. Okay, now think about the, the logic of that. Okay, husband and wife get married. I love you. I love you. Ten years go by. Do you love me? I told you I loved you when we got married. What more do you need? If you have a better illustration, let me know. I'm happy to use it. No, it's not a lack of faith. The tenacity, what what kept that persistent widow going? she believed that he would do it. Let me say the same thing in a different way. The reason for her tenacity was she knew at some point he would do it. He hadn't done it yet, but if she knew that he wouldn't, she would have given up. Am am I right? Are you looking at me like, you know, wow did you have a really rough week? I actually did have a really rough week, but, but you get You get that connection? If you're that tenacious, oh my goodness, it's like, they they can do it. They're going to do it. Otherwise, if I knew they weren't going to do it, I'd go find somebody who would. No, that's what tenacity is. That's what diligently seeking Him does. And God will reward those who by faith First, come to Him, believe in Him, and diligently seek Him. And then it's like, here you go. Not because I'm reluctant. Not because I'm hesitant. It's not like I'm up here going, I'm going to make Him suffer on this one. I'm going to let this go for a while. You know, just to drive home the point. And then, we, you know, three months later, Lord, please. Okay, he's about to give up. Go ahead, get down there, give it to him. No. That's faith. He knows I can do this. He believes by faith that I will do this. I'm going to reward him by doing this. Let me uh, connect this to what Romans chapter 8, Paul writing to the church in Rome says, and this is, when I first, when the Lord opened this up to my understanding, it, it changed my whole prayer life on everything. You know, I always know that it was a good decision or a good thing when my only regret is that I didn't make it sooner or know it sooner, and such is the case with this verse. It basically goes like this, Paul says that, now think this through with me, if God would not withhold His only begotten Son, who He gave to you to die for you, if He's unwilling to withhold Jesus from you, is there anything He would withhold from you? Okay, let's let's work this out, let's work this through. In other words, if God so loved me that He would send His only begotten Son to die for me, oh, is there anything He wouldn't do for me? So Jesus said, if you'll ask anything in my name, and it brings glory to the Father, He will do it. It's not, He'll take a good look at it. He'll review it. He'll discuss it with Gabriel and Michael, and we'll see. Oh, how about this one? <laughs> this is a goodie. Actually, it's not a goodie. It's a baddie. <laughs> um, let's see how you do over the next couple of weeks. That's called works. That's called earning it. <laughs> That's not grace. That's works. But the enemy's right there with that one, isn't he? You're still asking God to do that after what you did? Come on. He's not going to do that for you. No, 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 no. If He would send His only begotten Son to die for me, He'll do anything for me. If it's for my good and His glory, done deal. Done deal. We just don't know when. Of course, we're so patient, right, with God. We want what we want, when we want it, in the color we want it. And we pray like that, right? And <laughs> I think about Isaiah thirty eighteen, where through the prophet Isaiah the Lord says that He will wait. I hate that word, because I hate to wait. He will wait to be gracious to you. In other words, God is like, now just wait. we, We always say, God's never late. Well, he's never early either. And truth be made, no, we don't want him to be early. His timing is always perfect. As one quipped, this has always stuck with me. When the timing is wrong, God says, slow when the request is wrong, God says, no. When I'm wrong, God says, grow. But if the timing is right, and the request is right, and I'm right, God says, go, here you go. But it's when we seek Him diligently, believing by faith that He will do it, If it's for my good, why would he withhold it if he's not going to withhold his only begotten son? Why would he withhold it? So you're praying for somebody's salvation. Why would God withhold that? I know people have their free will, but never, ever, 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 ever give up. You're praying for that wayward daughter, that prodigal son. Never, 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 never never give up. Don't you know that God loves them more than you ever could? and God wants them right more than you ever would. Never give up, tenaciously, persistently, earnestly, diligently. Seek Him. Keep knocking. By the way, ask, seek, knock. We know that passage well, right? Did you know in the original language it carries with it the idea of ask, keep on asking, knock, keep on knocking, I'm not going to stop knocking. Stop knocking. No, I'm not going to stop knocking. Seek. Keep on seeking. In the original language, that's what Jesus is saying. Ask. Keep on asking. You'll receive. Knock. Keep on knocking. The door will be open unto you. Seek. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Just tenaciously persist in faith. Because if you stop, that means you've lost faith that He's going to do it. And that displeases Him. You want to please Him? I want to please Him. Do you want to be rewarded by Him? I want to be rewarded by Him. Well then earnestly seek Him, because that is pleasing to Him. I hope that some, in some way, the... (laughs) Holy Spirit will take this and just really bless it to our hearts, especially for those that are discouraged. And man, I know things are getting rough, yeah? Oh, Lord. (laughs) I mean, yes, but God, that's a good way to end.
0: You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor JD's teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of salvation under the resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at kaniohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, kaniohe.com That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Oh,